0: Hi, and welcome to The Student Sums It Up. I'm Maggie McNamara. And I'm Sam Spratford. And every Wednesday, we'll give you the lowdown on Amherst College's latest news, conveniently packaged for your walk to class or your morning
1: rush. Today, October 6th, we'll be discussing the student experience at the Boston Women's March and the infamous Amherst plague. So as always, I'm sitting down with Lynn Lee, who is one of our managing news editors here at The Student, and today we're going to be talking about the Boston Women's March and some of the Amherst students who were able to attend the march. Um, So just to start off, um, what did this march look like in a very general sense? Like, is it an annual thing? Um, What was the focus of the march?
2: Yeah, so this was the fifth annual win- Women's March and it took place on Saturday um, in response to a case that the Supreme Court is reviewing on Monday That's um, er, that is a challenge to a Mississippi law banning abortions after about 15 weeks of pregnancy. So the march was an opportunity for Uh, women's rights organizations and advocates to join together in supporting the cause for um, reproductive health care.
1: And who were some of those uh, people or organizations that rallied at the event or maybe gave speeches?
2: Yeah, so um, there were several elected officials who spoke um, in a rally that took place right before the actual marching. Um, and these officials included Massachusetts Senator Edward Markey, as well as Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. Massachusetts, ad- Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey also spoke at the rally.
1: And what was the focus of some of their speeches, if you were able to get that information?
2: Yeah, so officials... Um uh, expressed their commitment to um, the commitment to the fight for um, the right to safe abortions and more generally, the struggle for the liber the liberation of marginalized people. Um, Attorney General Healy discussed what, in her view, is the political context out of which, Um, challenges to abortion rights have been allowed to foster. She claimed that the challenges have resulted from um, Republican officials strategically taking over state state legislatures and gerrymandering the districts in their states. She questioned how it can be possible that even though a vast majority of Americans support abortion rights. Texas and other states have been able to pass laws banning the right to abortion or banning abortions.
1: And of course, some Amherst students were able to attend this march. Um, So could you just touch briefly on maybe who organized this trip um, and what they got out of it?
2: Yeah, so the trip was organized by Sophie Goldsmith, a sophomore, who told the student that she began the process of planning the trip um, about a month ago after hearing that the Supreme Court had upheld the Texas abortion law. Or she said that planning the march was important to her because of her own experience with activism and the feeling of empowerment that it's given her in the past which she wanted other students to be able to experience as well.
0: today's episode of the student sums it up i sat down with sophie walmer to talk about the cold that has been spreading across campus also known as the amherst flu sophie can you tell us a little bit
3: about this sickness sure we'll do maggie first of all thanks for having me back again i always love doing the podcast um But yeah, in the past few weeks, I'd say even the month, um, there's been many influenza cases circulating around campus, and we've seen uh, friend groups and sports groups like go down um, being sick. Um, And I think that because the symptoms of influenza are very close to COVID-19, a lot of students are worried that they're going to be quarantined um, if they head to the health center and get an appointment. Um, And we have had some students who have negative experiences with the health center because instead of um, being evaluated and helped, um, they have been received threats of having to go and be isolated.
0: So kind of what are students experiences with the health center at this junction when it comes to this sickness and illness.
3: Yeah. So, um, I spoke to Dr. Jones and students who have symptoms that could either be influenza or COVID, even if they have a negative COVID test, they're monitored in quarantine housing until COVID has been ruled out by testing. That's what Dr. Jones said. Um, and that is both by history and an exam. And so she said that sometimes this is just a few hours, but occasionally can be overnight. Um, and so I guess I would say that the health center is trying to, uh, combat the, um, the flu by having this new flu vaccine, uh, offered to students. Um, but because the symptoms of influenza are so similar to COVID-19, um, there's just, it's been very tough for the health center to navigate, uh, the flu in a pandemic. Have they had students
0: come into the health center with these flu-esque symptoms?
3: Um, yeah. So Dr. Jones noted that they have seen a large influx of students who are ill with upper respiratory viruses, or what they call it to be common co- colds. She said in quotes. Um, and so, speaking to a few stud- students, like. Uh, I think uh, Keon or Claire, for example, these two students have every day woken up over the past, like for two or three weeks with different flu-like symptoms, but they could also just be um, the common cold. So I think that when we're we're referring to the Amherst flu, uh, these are just like upper respiratory type illness um, symptoms. Yeah.
0: And finally, where do students kind of believe
3: that this cold started from and what are their reactions to the cold? I know that Will Dinesfree described both the mental and physical impact of feeling ill. Um, And he thinks that the cold has spread so easily because of the college's small campus size. And so I'd say that because Amherst is so small, it's definitely hard to identify a patient zero. Um, But it starts off as one friend is sick. And then all of a sudden, an entire friend group goes down. Um, and so that's mostly what students have said. And even in the campus-wide group me, um, 161 out of the out of the 369 respondents said that they had caught the quote unquote Amherst cold. So that's 44%.
0: Thank you so much for speaking to me today, Sophie. You're welcome.
1: Special thanks to the team at The Student, including Becca Picciotto, Ryan Yu, Sophie Walmer, and Lynn Lee. Thank you also to our lead audio editor, Cole Richards, and our audio editor for this episode, Spencer Michaels.
0: Once again, I'm Maggie.
1: And I'm Sam. And thank you for joining us. See you next week.